Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinvin, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. What's going on tonight, boys? Back at her again, fellas. It's been a hot minute here. Definitely has. Just yep. to let our listeners know, the Raiders are 5-2, and two, first place in the AFC West. Rolling. Uh, they could be a threat, Jamer, to your Buffalo Bills. You just never know. Could be. We haven't had a good start this year. I know, like, the wins and losses, like, we're doing all right. It's not the division's mm-hmm. been a little bit wonky this year, but I don't know. Josh Allen hasn't been as sharp as I thought he'd be. Uh, can't run the ball like we have our running game, which I said they should have drafted a running back. Trey Sermon would have been fine, mm-hmm. although he's hurt right now. Is he still hurt? Or is he still? He's just backing up. He's just glued to the bench. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't know the NFL season was actually happening because uh, it doesn't seem to be playing out very well in San Francisco in the Bay Area. So we're just going to pretend it's not happening anywhere else. In Santa Clara, <laughs> uh, the Santa Clara 49ers. Just a gong show. Tough one, Webb. But the wraps are going. That's right. Another win tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, we are doing another gridiron movie. We're sticking with college football because college football season's in swing. Uh, We're going with a little bit of an emotional tearjerker one tonight with uh, We Are Marshall. Rip it! Let's go! I love you, Chris Griffin. Hey, that was a big hit today. And I'm proud of it. We are What's happened? All 75 people are dead <laughs> in the greatest disaster in college sports history. This is our team. I think you should have this back. Chris gave it to you. I promised the mothers that I'd look after their sons. There's not one of them left. You might cancel the program. This ain't right. I'm sorry. A Jacqueline Gell called. Says he may be interested in the open coaching job. Why do you want this job? When I heard about what had happened, the only thing I could think about was how bad it would hurt if I was to lose before them. Then I thought, hell, maybe I can help. This is my varsity team, huh? It's a new day, man. We gotta get creative about who we're going after. Can we take the bomb for? No, sir. Rough it! You think you're the only one that's had it rough? We're not honoring him, Jack. We're disgracing him. This is not about a game. About what happened to this town. There's something I think y'all need to hear. We are we are we are we are this is our past. We cannot forget that. This is your opportunity to rise from these ashes. Funerals in today. One day we're gonna be like every other team, where winning is everything, and nothing else matters. And when that day comes, that's when we'll honor them. What day is it, son? Game day. What day? Game day. Time to play till the whistle blows.
Well, you know the drill. Before we jump into the movie, we're going to crack the top on a couple of cold beers. So without further ado, let's get into our brew review. What's on tap tonight, Webb? Well, boys, this week we needed a pint that's known for embracing challenges head-on, just like the fellows of the Thundering Herd. Inspired by Pilsner-style beers, Hugh Tennant embarked on such a challenge in 1885 to produce a delicious 100% Scottish lager that rivaled that of the amazing flavors he experienced in Bavaria. This 5% lager pours clear yellow with a medium white head and offers aromas of cereal, citrus, grass, and corn, while the palate offers similar flavors and moderate carbonation on a light, crisp, and refreshing palate. For more information on this and many of their other fine beers and services, be sure to check them out at tenants.co.uk or check them out at all your favorite social media platforms. Tenants Beer, the pride of Scotland. And as always, Big League Flicks, please remind you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you have a safe ride home. Web. Cheers, boys. Web, what a Web, read. What a read that was. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Well done, Web. You were flying Ooh. on that. <laughs> a little I'm fired up. Yeah. Oh, there, there it Cheers. is. Get Cheers on those ones. We're drinking Tenants, by the way, if you didn't pick that up. Sorry. <laughs> kind of forgot to mention the name. Got too into it. Oh, yeah. Good Tenants lager. I actually went to Scotland when I was, uh, it was back in 1992, so I would have been uh, 10 years old at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. And I remember this was all over every billboard. Um, and I remember going to a Glasgow Rangers game, and their their sponsor was Tennis Lager. It's pretty sweet. I had this, like, old, like, Florida tracksuit windbreaker I got there. It was, like, nice. the Glasgow <laughs> rangers one with like the tenants logo on it so it was pretty cool that was one of the first pro- like probably one of the first beers that i really kind of knew other than old vagina ov that always had in the basement but yeah yeah it's a good beer i like it solid tenants is great it's a very good beer yeah it's an excellent beer excellent look excellent taste it does have that like uh you can tell it's kind of I don't know about you guys, but like like the innocent gun flavor, like those those Scottish type beers, they yeah. do have a. I don't know if it's the water. A lot of them, uh, a lot of beers over there, it's it's common practice that they'll actually ferment the beer in like a, a whiskey barrel or something. Yeah, or like which a, would make sense. Like this yeah. one to me has like, and I don't know if it's it. Apparently, it doesn't, but I get a little bit of a. It, they always have like that toffee taste to yeah, them. Like they're definitely. a little sweeter. Do you know what I mean? Going yeah. down. It's the yep. uh, it's the um, I forget what it's called. It's like the English English malt or English hops that they use. They're like a kind of an earthier hop. I know okay. I'm getting kind of weird technical, and we try not to do that. But yeah, it's the the, the English ones always do have kind of like you mentioned, kind of a toffee. This to yeah, me is the kind of beer I'd drink. It's supposed to rain here tomorrow. This would be a oh. rainy afternoon at a pub kind of beer. This is a great out. fall beer. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. is. It 100%. Is really yep. Good. 100%. All right, absolutely. So as we mentioned, we are doing We Are Marshall. It was directed by, and this was funny, I was looking this up. So the guy's like actual like given name is Joseph McGinty Nickel, but everyone calls him Mick G. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> was weird. Do, didn't like, he do like the OC or something? Yeah, he did. Okay, he, he is that guy. Oh, he's, he's been around. Yeah, he's I done a so. few things. Like he's got a pretty good resume, but I just thought it was funny. He's Mick G. Um, so, yeah, it was a uh, kind of boss. Let's be honest, it is it's pretty awesome. It is. If you've got like, yeah, if you've got like a nickname or that you just run with, like especially like a one name thing, everyone knows you. That's pretty pretty legit. Uh, distributed in 2006 by Warner Brothers, 
Got a 7.1 rating on Internet Movie Database and 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of $65 million, but only grossed $43.5 million at the box office. How did this movie have a budget of $65 million? Like, did they, did they really crash big, that plane? Like, big well, actors, big actors. Big time actors, I would yeah, think. There's yeah, there's a lot yeah. of, I guess McConaughey alone would have, would have brought in a lot of that. But the, Matthew so Fox bad. at the time, too, was pretty. Like, this came was, off Lost. I was going to say, this was yeah. going during Lost, right? <clears throat> right. So he'd be pull, he'd put pulling in, and this right. is like right before Anthony Mackie got big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Uh, music by Christoph Beck, starring Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Fox, Ian McShane, Kate Mara, and Anthony Mackie. Quick movie synopsis: In 1970, Marshall University in the small town of Huntington, West Virginia, real when a plane crash claims the lives of 75 of the school's football players, staff members, and boosters. New coach Jack Langle arrives on the scene in March 1971, determined to rebuild Marshall's thundering herd and heal a grieving community. Let's jump into our character review, and let's start with Jack Langle, played by Matthew McConaughey. How awesome are McConaughey's body movements and body language in this? And this perfect little southern twang, Texas twang. And like his cock cock mouth, like uh, I you love know, he talks it. out of the side of his mouth. Yep. I love all that. I love the analogies. I love how cliche he is. But his just his body movements alone were amazing in this. And the way he moves around, if you've never seen this movie, just the way he moves around, the way he interacts, you can just think of McConaughey. The hands are going back his and forth. Shoulders. Yeah, hunched shoulders over there. Isn't that? We got connection. The way it's always thinking. And I just start to think of that scene from Wolf of Wall Street, even the home. It just like yeah. he goes off on tangents on this. Yeah. And you just love him. Yeah. And he does such a cool job in this role. The little smile, yeah, the cocked mouth to the side a little bit of him. Um, I thought that he, when he's talking to Red, the scene where he's describing, describing assistant coaching, well, it's kind of like coaching, but you don't get paid as much. But yeah. all the responsibility is not your fault either. It's fine. Like, he describes it perfectly well. It, it yep. is really well said, yeah. It's, that was that an was... amazing scene. And the way his, um, his, Excuse me. His chemistry with President Ded- Deadman. Yep. Their chemistry is awesome. Amazing. Yep. Oh, when he, when he pick, runs over and picks him up, throws him over his shoulder in that scene. He's the passion this guy has, and the passion McConaughey brought him. He's Matthew McConaughey. I know that, but the passion he brought alone was awesome. Yeah. And he fits the role of like the night he he can he can pull a nineteen seventies look really well too. Yep. He's got the... Uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, he's got, he's he's got, got it. basically the same haircut he's as he got did it. in uh, Days to Confuse. Yes. <laughs> so, Web, unreal. I I feel like I've seen interviews on this. I mentioned this today to JR earlier. I feel like this may be, if you ask Matthew McConaughey his favorite role of all time, he might say that this is it. Yeah. Like, this looks like his most natural self, mm-hmm. uh, knowing what a huge Texas football fan he is, um, and just... Just his, his, like you said, his mannerisms, his movement, everything about it, it just looks so natural. It's 100% believable that he was this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the character himself and the person himself, like the eternal optimist when you think of this guy, right? And, and just constantly never never taking like no or the negative as, as, a, as a possible answer. It's always going to be, no, 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 we're, we're going to get there. Like I, I wrote down um, confident, not cocky. Like mm-hmm. he he walks that line very very well, um, and and at the root of it, he's just a really great solid human being, right? Like when he breaks down the reason why he picked up the phone, it was like I I think I could help these people. Like 
isn't that like the best possible answer you could give, mm-hmm. right? It's not about money or fame or anything else. It's like these people are hurting and I can help them. Like that, it's just a really, really cool, uh, really cool moment in the movie, but also just a really cool line that really shows and sums up what kind of person he is. And I, I just thought, like I said, this has got to be the most natural role from McConaughey that I've ever seen him in. And I mean, he's done some really fantastic scenes and you know he's won oscars now at this point but what was the one the, the cowboy one that he won there where he's dallas, like, dallas? He dallas buyers club oh, dallas buyers club yeah. yeah great movie yeah so like it, it just to me though like this is it like he he i don't know he, he just pulls it off so well i think for me this might be my favorite role i've ever seen him in other than dazed and confused but like that's for a whole other reason yeah no you guys nailed it i'm i don't really have anything to add there uh, let's move on to Red Dawson, played by Matthew Fox. Red Dawson's he was such a fractured guy. The, Very the to live with that, knowing and to know, you know, you were on a recruiting trip and this happened, to almost not have been there, that'd be I don't know. Like I I can't I don't know anything about it, to be honest, but I don't that to go with that and to coach along with that, that had to have been hard. Um I thought the layers to this guy, the flashbacks, you know, the stalling, the freezing, that that seemed very real to me. And, you know, the wondering, not sure, the passion for it. Um, really good character, really well done. The scene on top of the barn, mm-hmm. when they're, when he's up building that barn, great scene. You know what it also told me, though? And, I mean, this is a little bit to do with it, but, like, Huntington's beautiful. Oh, West Virginia gorgeous. looks like up on that hill. beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that's to do with it, but I think that scene, the scene of West Virginia, the scene of the two, you know, the future coaches together on top of that barn, I think that was a cool thing to see. Um, so overall, Red, I really liked him. Um, I thought, you know, sorry, Red, but you can't hit the players, but I wrote that down. I was like, <laughs> you can't hit them, Red. But uh, Danbury I, Trashers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on a serious note, I played a quick note of like, how do you just regroup after that? Well, uh, I don't yeah, know. he's the ultimate uh case study and the effects of trauma right? survivor's guilt yeah and, and mm. i mean i don't know yeah i don't know how you uh you you continue on i think maybe but maybe then again you know there's there's peace in continuing on for the simple fact that you're doing what you were meant to do uh, and also what those people would want you to be doing right there's yeah. there's that piece or at least you gotta i, I don't know i kind of guess i gotta personally believe that that's kind of the case um but yeah i mean certainly a a flawed individual because of that um but at the same time again a deep deeply emotional and caring person at the same time like really really wants what's best for those kids like with the whole roughing thing like mm-hmm. let me talk to him let me handle it let me let me kind of bring him along here in this moment because he's also hurting too and he's got nobody's going to understand him the way i'm going to understand him mm-hmm. um yeah like he just he did a really good job and i thought like matthew fox is it's a that's a that's a tough role that's Ooh, a really uh, and I thought he did a pretty good job. I mean, it's a pivotal role. It's really, yeah. It is, he really is kind of the more, one of the more. I'd say he might be the most important character in the movie. I mean, I know McConaughey is. He's because, the connection though, because he's trying to bring, connections. trying to bring everything back. But you, you, you get the. I think yeah, you probably get the most out of Matthew Fox in this one. Yeah, it was excellent. I, you talked about that scene when they're building the shed. Um, that was a. Really great scene for a number of reasons. One of the one of the ones I like too was his reaction when McConaughey gets up on the shed, because yeah. that shows you too the difference though between 
the other people that are like, Hey, come back. And then him, he's like, Hey, he's, he's bring, he's coming to my level. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a, I thought that was a pretty big moment when he gets, actually gets on top of the shed. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, the analogy with the train. I thought that was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah. Wasn't that the train that went off the tracks or whatever it was? And then, uh, Hey, look at it back on track again. And then walks off with that. You know what I mean? And the one, the one by five. One no, by those five. are one by sixes. Yeah. yeah. One by six. Cover the same area and less, less, pl- or less ground or something like that. Like, yeah, it's a good yeah. line. Yeah. He, there's, there was some great, it was good writing. It was the characters. There, were it was really, really well written. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and sorry, I got a little bit off track there, but, uh, Red Dawson was, a that scene where he kind of, uh, he finally, he's kind of on his own. The they breakdown. Just won and he mm-hmm. empties the tank emotionally. Yeah. That was it. We were all kind of waiting and wanting him to kind of just, so that was a big moment there. Well, I had to get the old Kleenex out maybe for that one. But uh, let's move on to Nate Ruffin, played by Anthony Mackie. Awesome character. Um, I wrote down some of the things, the leadership. Uh, I love how he rallied the troops pre-social media, pre-anything. He just started spreading the word like it used to be done. Where he's like, I need you here at five. I need you here at this. I, I, I love the captain. And I like the leadership aspect of him. I think the piece with the sore shoulder always going on kind of, you know, that I didn't know what to think of that at the start. I was like, I don't want him to be hurt. But you know what? It was also the realistic fact. And I I kind of thought that was just an underlying thing. He was battling this injury all the time. And the scene when him and uh, Jack are together and your shoulder's not hurt. And he's like, yes, it is. I thought that was a pretty powerful scene. I, th- I think it also, they drew uh, the way it was written was really well done because mm-hmm. it draws a parallel between the physical pain and, and, and paralleling it to you are hurt. That's yeah. right. And you're trying to put this brave face on. It, it represents the emotional pain that he's mm-hmm. actually feeling, right? Yep. But he's suppressing. A lot of metaphor in this one. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. So yeah, overall, really neat character again. I love the leadership aspect of this guy. Yeah, I, when you said survivor's guilt, like to me, he's the poster boy for the, the movie in terms of survivor's guilt. I mean, him and Matthew Fox are red or whatever, but right. more so him just because uh, he's the team guy, right? Like he's the actual player. Player. Right, and so there's a, a certain level of guilt there that you know he's and he he lets us know right like I have they left me here I have to carry this on like and you know Red tells him no it's not on you like whatever but there there's certainly that aspect to him um, that makes him a very interesting character on top of the leadership piece you know he's a pretty decent football player yeah, um, yeah he's the only one who was actually drafted or recruited to play football the other guys are just all walk-ons oh, or right. you know fine kids so he's a hell of a practice player yeah like those guys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know yeah i i thought he was really good and again i mean uh mackie this we we kind of said earlier like i think this is right before he blows up i mean this is obviously before all the avengers movies but right um yeah, he, he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I thought he had some good, powerful scenes in this yeah. one, for sure. Let's move on to Annie Cantrell, played by Kate Mara. Oh, man. Um, pure at the time to me, small town USA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, working at the diner, you know, engaged to, you know, the star player. Um, I wrote a note that just, get out of there. And it was such a good scene with Paul. Where he's like, you got to go. Yeah. And I was cheering for her in the end. I'm like, you've got to get out of this town and head to Cali. Get out of here, no matter what. And she was one of those people. It was She was never going to get over it. No. Her life was flipped upside down in this town, and it was too small for her to stay. 
And it was one of those things that you you need to leave and it's okay to go. And no one's going to get upset with you and maybe never come back. Yep. That's the vibe I got. I was yep. like, you need to get out of here and probably never come back to Huntington again and head to Cali. Hit the restart button. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, get out of there. and Like you said, just redo it over. I mean, Kate Mara is a smoke show. Yes. I loved her in the newsroom. Like, right. loved her, loved her in the that Those first two seasons of the newsroom are probably some of my favorite TV ever. Yeah. Um, and she's her between her and Olivia Munn, like, oh my gosh. What was the one she was into with uh, Wahlberg? Shooter? Was it called Shooter? Uh, one where he's the sniper. That, yeah, yes, I think so. They pinned, some, they pinned something on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, was it the Shooter? Or I think was... it was Shooter. No, what's the one I'm thinking? Oh, I'm thinking Lone Survivor. Where he's oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Shooter. Yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. With with her too though, uh, like cause she was awesome in uh, I thought in uh, House of Cards the series as well. She played the sorry reporter. House of Cards. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Not newsroom House of Cards. Oh okay. Um, in House of Cards, she uh, you know she played that reporter yeah. and kind of edgy and wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty and among other things. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always kind of. Because I remember her, the first time I remember seeing her was in this movie, We Are Marshall. So part of me almost played it as if, in my mind, this was her Mm. in We Are Marshall. And she left, and maybe she went to Cali, but she ended up in in, uh, Washington as a correspondent. And that was how her life went after. Really? Yeah. Like, in a fun way. In your way, you're kind of wondering, oh, this is what happened to this character. This is what happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. So she just had a shitty life all over. <laughs> yeah. Things were just pretty crappy. <laughs> she gets thrown off a uh, platform by Kevin Spacey. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. House of Cards. What a great show that, that was. was yeah. Uh, let's move on to President Deadman, played by David Strathern. He's a great actor. Amazing guy. Every role I've ever seen this guy in, I really enjoyed him. They're so believable. He's believable. His voice is strong. And you, like you said, you believe what he's saying. Yeah. And in all those roles where, you know, we were just talking before we recorded when he was on The Sopranos, how he was AJ's counselor. Even the way he's talking about, like, just the way he's delivering and talking lines. And he's believable as that to get AJ into some school or whatever he's trying to do. You just believe his role. And he's so believable as the head of a university. Yeah. He's because it's a confident voice that's strong. He yep. pulls off calm and confident very well. Yeah, yeah, he really does. And like I said, the chemistry with Jack and the chemistry between McConaughey, like the, their chemistry and acting. I, I'm surprised they haven't done more roles together. To be yeah. honest, you know Those what? Two are great. I was trying to think back to where he played. You know, kind of a similar role, but uh, and it was actually in a sports movie. And it was uh, a League of Their Own, where he yes. was the the kind of the commissioner guy or whatever. That's the right. League. Yeah. Yeah, he was good in that. It's like similar role where he's trying to push this thing along, but he's kind of doesn't know everything about what he, you know, he's not the biggest subject matter expert of what he's trying to do. Um, but he has a great heart, like, and yeah. he he really is like in a lot of respects, he is the MVP of the team because oh yeah, I, there's something really commendable about to him to me for the fact that he's fighting this hard. Um, for the football program, even though he knows absolutely nothing about football. Like, you know, it, we joked about it earlier. Like, beginning of the movie, he's like, oh, there was a football game on yesterday? Like, what was the score? Oh, yeah. like, he, did, he could care less. But he's like, no, the town needs this. Like, yeah. people need this. And so that's why I'm going to fight this hard to, to make it happen. That's why I got pissed when he got gassed. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. 
So that, let's, that gets, that's a good segue into the next character, which is Paul Griffin, played by Ian, the legendary Ian McShane. Again, another awesome act. You can see why the budget was so big. When you yeah. start to look down the cast line say, of this. The cast is pretty <laughs> sick. Okay. It's quite a cast. Um, he's the... I had him as so many different things that I got handles on. Proud, sad, tragic. The West Virginia cold piece. It had to have something in there. And he, we needed some West Virginia mind somewhere. Yeah. I wondered, like, for a, uh, a minute on the hair, I'm like, where's the, like, the reference to, like, cause I need some blue collarness at the same time. Yeah. I need some rough, gruff, tough kind of thing. He's a program man, though, at the same time. I wrote oh, that down. Yeah. He's a program man, I called oh, it, yeah. like, where he's, like, the guy, you know, behind the scenes or whatever. Yeah. The st- his son was this big star kind of thing. Like, he, he he's a small town big wheel. Yeah. If that makes sense to you guys. Do you know what I mean by that? Web? He's a small 100%. town big wheel. Don't leave Huntington, though. 100%. You stay right there. He's yeah. a big fish in a small pond. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my thing with him is, like, Clearly, he's he's not dealing with the grief, right? But the whole time, I'm like, why is he fighting so hard for this? And then I got thinking, I'm like, okay, as a dad, right? He he's trying to hang on so hard, basically for his son's legacy. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want his son to be forgotten, um, and that's why it's so powerful when he has that conversation with Kate. It's like. No, no, my, I know my son's never going to be forgotten, but you don't need to be here for me to remember that or understand that and know that. You need to continue going on lead, living your life. So I, I just thought like it was a really nice character arc for him. Um, and I mean, he plays it really well because he's, he, uh, McShane is such a care, uh, capable actor of playing that like rough and gruff, but, but sensitive at the same yes. time. I don't know how to. You always that, root for him, right? Yeah, y- there's very rarely a time. Like, like, he was despicable in Deadwood, but I'm like, I rooted for him. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I've seen him in like a, a movie or a TV series where he played like a pope or something like that. And he was like, I think it was that one. I have to, I'll have to go do a little deep dive here in a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like same kind of thing. Like you, you, you kind of despise him, but you root for him at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how to do Yeah. He's got that dark look to him, you know. Yeah. He's got the cold eyes kind of thing. But again, fantastic job. And like you said, Jared, like now we're starting to see where all the money's going because this cast is pretty unreal. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe Kate Mara's dad would have kicked in some help here, you think? Eh? <laughs> yeah. Too no busy, kidding. Too busy playing or paying for like. Plaxico Burris to get off his gun charge in <laughs> New York. He's that still working on a Wayne Corbett, a Wayne Corbett deal. This would have been a tough time for Kate Mayer's dad. She's she's probably yeah. like, oh, dad, I'm in this movie. He's like, listen, I got enough things going on. I got drama in the, the Jets. We're good. <laughs> yeah, Plaxico. I got Vinny Testaverde. We're good. No, the Giants. Mm. The Giants. <laughs> Wrong team. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Eli. Me. We can't figure out what's going on with Eli. Maybe he's gonna win sorry the game. Maybe he won't. He's got <laughs> a massive funny. head. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I love like you mentioned the arc of this character because like in the beginning when you know right after the tragedy he's clearly like he's he's a blue he's collar mad. he's mad he's a blue collar yeah. guy he's you know holding his pain in and he's acting out and he acts out throughout the movie early on especially right um, and then um, I thought it was really tough when she tried to give the ring back to him. And then he's like, no, I want you to put this ring on. And, and every morning when you wake up, I want you to remember my son. And it's like, holy shit, you're going to put insane. her in this jail? Yeah. Like, and that was a pretty cold, mean thing to do. But then he comes full circle at the end, right? Like, and he has that good character arc, as you mentioned. And that was it was nice to see his character grow. You know, it's an underrated boss move by him, though. 
having his own booth at the diner. With, yeah. Yep. Super cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yep. you, you know, if he was in Kingston, he'd be at the Oarsman in the back. Oh, yeah. The wall. <laughs> sorry, back sorry, Gordo, you're out. Yeah. The yeah. back corner. <laughs> that back oh, corner yeah. table with his like picture on the wall, you know. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, are there other notable characters you want to mention? Yeah, I have one. Uh, Carol Dawson. January Jones Good is another gracious. one of those ones who's just built for like 1960s and 70s roles. Built for speed. I was talking to my... <laughs> but like she does. She looks like, like the 1960s and 70s girl. Oh yeah. She yeah. Po- well, I mean, this is right prime Mad Men time too, right? So yeah, we it have wouldn't that be image. a it wouldn't be a big stretch for her to like literally like she probably came from one set into the other. We just have that image though of like yeah. January Jones yeah. from the sixties and seventies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going with uh, and I I asked you guys and I still don't remember what we said his name was. Uh, I'm going with the uh, Tom. The no, I'm, no, I'm not I'm not Tom. <laughs> no, Tom. No, Tom, no, I like. Tom's necessary, but I'm not. Oh, I'm Mr. Not, Boone? I don't even know. Mr. If he is, is it Boone? The, Boone's diner. The, the diner. Oh, the diner yeah. owner. Yeah, that's yeah, my Mr. guy. Boone. Didn't he play a racist in one of the? Fo- Wasn't he a racist? Yes, uh, I, remember the Titans? Yeah. Yes, yes, that's what I was gonna say. He, he's we've seen him before, and he's in the seventies movie. In the set yeah. football. In the seventies football with a southern where, accent. And in a like West Virginia, like where does uh, Virginia is the other Virginia? Place. There you go. So like, I mean, it's not a far stretch. No. Nope. But yeah, he was my he was my honorable mention. He's got fantastic apple pie, apparently. So here's I was gonna bring. <laughs> I this love up. me a good slice of apple pie. I was gonna bring this up. <laughs> How can you have the best apple pie if they go and pull it out of the fridge? Hundred percent. You gotta warm that bad like, boy up. There's no way that thing was warm. There, you know what I mean? Like that was a fridge. No a la mode ice cream on there. No, nothing. It's just so, straight up. Not a, even a slice of cheese. That's always a pretty. It looked like a cafeteria apple pie. You oh, gotta yeah. you gotta have an elevated apple pie game if you're down in West Virginia. Yep. You know that's that's got to have one of those apple pies that's got a high arc on the on the. It thing. needs it's to have loaded. like the lattice kind Tons of cover of on cinnamon. it too. Yeah, you need like oh, the yeah. lattice covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not a full top. crust on no. the top. No, no, no. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I thought that was piss poor looking apple pie to me. <laughs> Looks store bought. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Store bought. Well, I just want <laughs> one other person I want to mention was uh, Sandy Langell, who was played by Kimberly Williams Paisley. Another and smoke a, show. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember the remember the Father of the Bride movies with uh, mm-hmm. Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. She was the the daughter, and yeah. I remember just having a major crush on her when I was young and watching those movies. She's also married to Brad Paisley. She was in Nashville too. Yeah, that's yeah, where the Paisley's Paisley's wife. Ah, that's his, that's good his for wife. you, Brad Paisley. She was in the show Nashville. She was like had an affair yeah, she with was. The, guy, the mayor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, she's a good. Actress. Brad Paisley. Alrighty then. Let's jump into our quotes. Are there any quotes that stood out for you? Yeah. Uh, some of the ones that I had were Jack's, the whole Jack's acceptance speech when he's sitting down. That whole scene, if you have a chance to listen yeah, to yeah. it, just the, the cliche bombs flying out of there. Oh, yeah. And like the how overwhelmed he is the whole time eventually. You're like, oh, I'm in a real school now. Um, I, I had. Not college anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that, you know, the time of like sorrow where clocks ticked, but time did not pass. But that was always, always a pretty good quote. When you get out of there, you're like, that's a that's a powerful quote. And, you know, in the time of sorrow or time when you're experiencing death, how the time keeps going, but you're in a standstill. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, to get a little bit deep from it, that that's one of those things that does happen. And everybody just keeps going. Um, where was the... Uh, sorry. Sorry about that. We... The We Are Marshall thing... Um, you know, the like the whole quote that we are the with the chance of we are Marshall. That's always neat to see. I didn't really know they had a big chance. I don't know a ton about Marshall football. 
No, we talked about this today. Like, if Randy Moss didn't play there, maybe Byron Leftwich. Like, do you know Marshall? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you know them? Chad Pennington, who was the quarterback for the uh, Miami Dolphins when they went one in fifteen, uh, yeah. was it? Oh yeah, when I got my head covers. Stupid, Sick New York Jets quarterback. Stupid though. head covers. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb head coach. Do you know about Marshall? Like, like, yeah, Randy Moss. I feel like they're not big in my, I'll say, college football dossier. Or I didn't no. even know they had two national championships until neither the end. did I. Yeah, I'm like, wow. When did that happen? Uh, no, I did not do that. Oh, and the last one was when they went to go see Jack. Thirty-two. You all right? Go kill your brother. Oh, you cut my oh, grass. <laughs> that one's hilarious. You all right? Go, go kill yeah, your brother. I love that. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, love. What's he going to do? Are you going to put it in his pants? Yeah. What's he going to put it in his pants? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, love. I didn't mean no, to. No, I, I, I had that one up. I was like, like oh, I, I don't get... mind doing it. I'm laughing now. Yeah. It's so true, eh? Like when you're out at the trailer and you're watching the kids, you're like, what's he going to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's and you're just sitting there. You're just, oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. What's the guy? How do you? I always forget. Can never pronounce how do you pronounce last name jack langell langell uh jack langell called from the college of worcester where the hell is worcester does it really matter yeah that's great <laughs> she kills me uh, just runs his show the 32 uh you're an outlaw pioneer gunslinger it's a whole new game doc it's the first time for everything don if you're gonna survive we need you to do it it just kind of shows you like a that's the coach coming out in him right he's even coaching up the ad or the president yep. or whatever yep. he is yep. um but B, I just like there's like the perfect like yeah the southern twang coming out like that detect. I would venture a guess that that line was possibly ad libbed. Yeah, with the whistle too. Me, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like I feel like that was just all McConaughey going. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Totally. And then when Don comes back, guess who's going to change your diaper or something like that? Yeah. Like that was a pretty yeah. good that solid is, line. His analogies too. are great. Like, yeah. Those He's full of them. Uh, and then uh, first class coach, first class. Yeah, that was a huge one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my youngest son crapped his pants yesterday. President Deadman. Well, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one where he, you know, kind of a potent speech where he says, one day, not today, not tomorrow, not this season, probably not next season either. But one day, you and I are going to wake up and suddenly we're going to be like every other team and every other sport we're winning is everything and nothing else matters. And when that day comes, well, that's when we'll honor them. I thought that was pretty powerful 100%. considering like what um, – Coach Red Dawson had said before about like the last things that uh, which T one thousand yeah I was gonna say uh, what's his name Robert Patrick from uh, Terminator two yeah because I as soon as I saw him pop up I'm like oh it's T one thousand you're just melt. waiting for him to <laughs> well I was waiting for him to come out of the plane yeah. like <laughs> from the fire <laughs> can you imagine. Uh, uh, too soon. <laughs> What's it been? Fifty years? Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's there's some good. You know, it was well written as we mentioned before. I thought there was the whole. Good. I mean, the whole cemetery scene, right, where he takes the whole team, yeah, to the gravesite. Pre, like that whole scene. I think you and I had like a really in. Didn't we do a, like a lesson on that last year or two years ago with kids? We were watching this movie on mm-hmm. like a snow day, mm-hmm. and we like broke down that scene with the kids. Yes, pretty, I feel like we did. Exactly. And like it's just like the ultimate coaching scene, right? Like, and oh, you yeah. just you see like I don't know, pure humanity coming out in that monologue in that scene. It's awesome. It is a great it one. Is. I mean, every every good football sports movie has to have a great coach speech. Yeah, and that's a great one. Yep. Yeah, it's one part of the, of the it's part of the algorithm. Yes, yep. 
Absolutely. 100%. Jump into some little known facts. So I'll start out with this one. Southern Airways Flight 932 was a chartered DC-9 from Kinston, North Carolina to Huntington Tri-State Milton Airport in Corrado, West Virginia. The plane was carrying 37 team members, 8 members of the coaching staff, 25 boosters, 4 flight crew, 1 charter company employee. On November 14, 1970, at 7.35 p.m., the plane crashed into a hill just short of Tri-State Airport, killing all 75 on board. Because it was the team's only chartered flight of the season, many prominent citizens were on board, including a city councilman, a state legislator, and four of the city's six physicians, which is crazy. Wow. 70 children lost one parent in the crash, and an additional 18 were orphaned. Another horrible, horrible thing to think about. So I think, you know... To me, all that really hits home with how devastating it was. And you could feel that was the tone of everything, especially through the start of the movie, was how it just crippled an entire town. Yeah. And, you know, you think about the impact of who was on that flight. makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know? Did they ever find out what caused the crash? Like, I didn't do enough um, of a deep dive into it. They didn't pinpoint it. They they said it was either uh, an altimeter issue where the altimeter uh, malfunction or it was uh, low visibility and uh, the pilot who was relying on instruments uh, became disoriented or something or whatever. Oh, gosh. Yeah, pretty unfortunate. So six weeks before the Marshall plane crash, one of two chartered planes carrying the Wichita State University football team en route to a game in Logan, Utah, crashed into the side of a mountain in Colorado. Plane carrying the upperclassmen, the head coach, other team staff, university officials, and several boosters. 39 people died. About half of them were players. Nine people survived, including the co-pilot. The surviving team members plus some freshmen played the remainder of the season. Imagine being in a plane crash where like half your team died. You survived somehow and you finished the season. Played it out. Imagine lining up across from that guy. I'd be like, uh... Yeah, yeah go ahead. Please, please don't kill my quarterback, <laughs> yeah. but hit him. This guy's an animal. You gently tackle him. Yeah. But they did mention, uh, I don't know if you caught it in the movie, they said we've had another plane crash, and I think that was in reference mm. to... Okay. No, this, I didn't catch that, but a few weeks earlier. Um, so during training camp, Coach Langle tells one player to head slap the shit out of him if the opposing player goes for his knees. The NCAA and the NFL banned the head slap in the mid-70s because of head injuries that it had caused. Yep. Yeah, slap yeah. the shit out of him. I remember that. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're sorry. We're putting player safety at a <laughs> yeah, premium in the NFL. All of a sudden, I thought that that's was pretty funny, funny too. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, what are, that's something they decided." Will Smith in concussion would have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no players from the 1971 team have been elected into the Marshall Athletic Hall of Fame. Just <laughs> assistant coach Mickey Jackson. How is that possible? I know. I yeah. thought that was kind of just like, the team. Put like, the captains. Just, or, is that not the like team. put the team just yeah, like the whole, team. the whole team the team gets a wing yeah like these guys put this program back like, at least they kept it going yeah. yeah they yeah seriously so this will come as a huge surprise but uh mark robert ellis was the football coordinator on the film <laughs> he's been a sports coordinator <laughs> everything so i actually went and actually did the math so he's been a sports coordinator on over 60 Sports films. You're gonna got to get him on the pod. That would yeah. be amazing, right? Uh, he, including the program, Jerry Maguire, Varsity Blues, Any Given Sunday, The Rookie, Miracle, Mister Three Thousand, Coach Carter, The Longest Yard, and basically any other sports movie made between 1993 and present day. Wow, what a legend! 
Seriously, we gotta reach out to him see if we can get him on for. An yeah, episode. we should. He's gotta. He's gotta have like a. a he's gotta have star some... in the walk of fame or something. Well, and he's gotta have some kind of social media. Let's. We'll reach out to. It him. would be amazing. Like, totally. You can have like a ten episode thing. Just, just, just pick, pick his, his brain. brain. <laughs> what was this guy brain. like? Yeah. Who had the biggest wrench? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you notice? Yeah. <laughs> Like, how many injuries has he seen from, like, stunt guys and stuff? Like oh, how bad of a basketball up. player was Wesley Snipes? Oh, was he God. as bad as advertised? They trash him. Like, they talk about how bad he was. But he makes him look pretty good on, on <laughs> That's film. what I mean. He looks solid on film. So, Deborah Novak and John Wittek, who produced the 2000 documentary Marshall University Ashes to Glory, filed a $100 million lawsuit in federal court in California accusing Warner Brothers and others associated with We Are Marshall of fraud. Uh, copyright infringement and breach of contract. Novak, who directed Marshall University Ashes to Glory, is a Huntington native and Marshall alumnus. In October 2008, a federal judge dismissed the lawsuit in a summary judgment in favor of Warner Brothers. Your yeah. documentary, like, what's would you yeah. use in footage that you didn't like? Like, where, where, yeah, what, what are you basing this on? Why 100 million? Like, if I want to watch a documentary, I'm going to watch a documentary. If I want to watch a movie, I'm going to watch a movie. 100. You know I mean? It doesn't compete yeah. with each other, in my opinion. No, you know, in any way. Acclaimed uh, film critic Richard Roper had this to say about the movie. Unlike a lot of sports movies, it doesn't end with a championship or a great upset over a powerhouse. The real victory of the Marshall campus was in fielding a team that honored and respected the legacy of the 1970 team. Nailed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this End before. Quote. Where it's like, ah, you know, some of the stuff is like, uh, underdog team wins. You yeah, know, the algorithm. Team, right? And this that's what makes this movie great is, is that it's like, yeah, there's not that. Yeah, it's, it's not, not really one more game or something like that. Yeah, so you're like, no, of course they did. They're not good. Yeah, yeah. it's not really about the sports team. No. It's about no. the team overcoming the. It's the story. There's sports in the movie, but it's not a big sport. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, more. Yeah, it's the team being a team and overcoming the tragedy and just forming a team. That's right. Oh, absolutely. So the screenplay. This is kind of cool. I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here with this. The screenplay was written by Jamie Linden, not to be confused with Trevor Linden's brother, Jamie <laughs> Linden, that played in the WHL. Do you remember that guy? Did he play against the... Was he in the American League playing against you guys in PEI? I, I don't, don't remember him, but he could have been. He, yeah. He could have been. I don't <laughs> remember him, though. Jamie Linden. That was at a well, nowhere, I remember, Jamie. Like, I'm not going to lie. reference. Number one, Trevor Linden, most people probably won't remember, but you go to the brother of Trevor I Linden. Had, and Trevor how Linden. fast you came out with that. Yeah. <laughs> not to be confused. When I saw the screenplay was written by Jamie Lennon, I go, is that written? Is that like Jamie Lennon that's Trevor <laughs> Lennon? first thought is Trevor Lennon's brother. Trevor Lennon's brother. <laughs> Jamie Lennon was a stud in the WHL, and I had his uh, seventh inning sketch. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. I swear to God. Anyway... It's not Jamie Linden. It's not the same one. <laughs> but it took me down a different rabbit hole with this it's not Jamie WHL Linden. star Jamie Linden. <laughs> this, this Jamie Linden. Friend of the pod. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, Linden, Linden is best known for We Are Marshall and also the movie Dear John. He also, he also wrote and directed 10 years starring Channing, Channing Tatum. After graduating from college in 2001, by the way, he's one year older than us. Oh, uh, he and three friends traveled to Hollywood, California with tickets for the game show Price is Right. Upon arriving, he was individually called up to compete and won $5,000 in a Tuscan wine server cart, which he saw as a sign to stay in Hollywood. I thought, well, that's a sign. I should stay and do um, and what you do with this finds you. So that was kind of his calling to go to Hollywood. And like he ended up producing or writing some pretty sick screenplays. And that's he's awesome. a director that's now sick. and everything else. 
Uh, here's another cool thing. Jamie Lennon is he best. Won the sh- did he win the Showcase Showdown? Uh, it doesn't sound like he did. He just got that tough. <laughs> Sounds like he lost Winkle. Or the, or the, the mountain, mountain climber. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if he still has that Tuscan wine cart. Of course he does. So here's another thing. It's in his office. Rod Roddy. Yeah. So Jamie Lennon is best friends and former high school buddies with Scott Porter, who played Jason Street in the series Friday Night Lights. Oh, six. J6. Texas Forever. Baby. Texas Forever. <laughs> <laughs> who became and a sports agent Lyndon <laughs> was a groomsman at Porter's wedding in 2013 here's even the here's the cherry on top Jamie Lyndon has been in a relationship with Rachel McAdams since oh well done this guy's the that's best. a slow clap well done, for Trevor Lyndon's brother Trevor Lyndon. well done Trevor Lyndon's brother in April 2018 they had their first son or child a son what this guy so he's living out. in Toronto this guy's my idol. Because Rachel McAdams uh, is splitting a lot of time in Toronto, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, we and might I, run into him one night at Earl's. Maybe we'll see him at Earl's. And Rachel house. McAdams is... Oh, yeah. Primo. Oh, yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because there wasn't a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to find something. So I just started poking around at different people that are involved in the film. And this guy had a wicked rabbit hole. That I was what a story. Back. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> to be confused, I'm still <laughs> Jamie Lynn, not to be confused. Seventh in his sketch. Yeah. Look him up. <laughs> We're going to look him up after. He's coming out of nowhere. Show, yeah. He was legit in the WHL. <laughs> That's uh, great. Somewhere in like Kamloops. New, New Westminster. Super excited. <laughs> New Westminster just I rose. Say he pl- I want to say he was a Lethbridge Hurricane. few extra listeners all of a sudden. I think he was a Lethbridge Hurricane. I'm we'll gonna, look him up in a few we'll minutes. We'll look him up, see if I'm right about Hello, that. Hello, Lethbridge. So Matthew Fox, who played Red Dawson. He actually has a football background. He was the starting wide receiver during his junior and senior years at Columbia University, and he was part of the famous 16-13 to upset over Princeton University in the 1988 game that broke Columbia's 44-game losing streak. Another famous actor that he matched up in the game was uh, none other than all-Ivy League safety and former Buffalo Bill, Dean Kane, the Man of Steel himself. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. The Kaniacs. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, okay, he played at Columbia, but I met, I know two guys. Marcellus Wiley played at Columbia. I, two, 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 buddy, uh, two friends of a buddy of mine, Paul, shout out to Perry at USC, uh, the Manigats twins, who I hang out with and party. They were big lads, and they were both O-linemen at Columbia. And, like, by all, any stretch, they would not be, like, you know, big, big O-linemen, but these boys were big boys, so yeah, that's legit. Yeah. The only NFL guy awesome. I can think of from Columbia was Marcellus Wiley. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have yeah, to do, I don't I'd have to do some research on that one. He, he was like a Rhodes Scholar. He was like super smart. Mm-hmm. Metal Soprano went to Columbia. School, right? Who? Metal Soprano. Yeah, Metal Soprano went to It Columbia. would be pretty cool, though. You're living in New York City. Like, it's awesome. awesome. So, and it's an amazing school. It's a sick like, school. I think Matthew Fox did okay on yes. Columbia campus. Yeah, he'd do well. Just well enough. Football and then an actor. He went to Columbia. Yeah, he's doing just doing all right, just fine. Dean Kane probably did okay. Kaniacs, Kaniacs, Kaniacs are back. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into our realism review. Uh, what was realistic and what was unrealistic? All right. I made a few notes. Um, I thought first of all, one thing: some of the teams they played against that was pretty good. Like playing East Carolina, I loved Xavier. how they had like the real teams that they would be playing against. Yep. They didn't have them like playing Alabama. You know what I mean? Like I really enjoyed that. It's like no, we're playing the East Carolina Pirates. Where you're like, okay, that's a real team. Xavier, for example, too. Um, the no headsets. 
you know, from back in the day. I like how they didn't just have it. They didn't just pass modernize that off. it. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that. Where you're like, no, they don't have the headsets. They call in the plays, send the players in all the time. I thought that was red. Call the play, and I like that part. And I really like how that's. Uh, it makes it feel old school. Yeah. Because it had an old school college feel before college became big corporate business. It still yep. felt like a glorified high school a little bit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean by that? Yes. I, I enjoyed the feel of the games. Mm-hmm. There's you definitely know. a level of nostalgia with this movie, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I Another real thing that, I mean, you guys, I don't know, you guys probably agree, but when they're telling them to get beer for the party, oh, game's 100%. over. I love that. Yeah, Go 100%. get the, um, what was the name of it? Fall City Beer. And yeah. the coach is like pretending like yeah. he doesn't hear it, but he doesn't care. I love that. And they think the coach cares, but you're like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, I thought it was really <laughs> awesome. Just don't get arrested. Yeah. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed for the real aspect was at the games, the poor sounding mics. Oh, I yeah, thought they yes. did a really good job oh, with yes. that. Where it wasn't like, it wasn't an HD. It wasn't like perfectly clear. You get, rah, rah, cat. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, the West Virginia versus Marshall, like that rivalry that would exist. And Virginia Tech oh, rivalry yeah, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Virginia Tech. Those other teams would be rivals them too. But the, that West Virginia Marshall thing, I thought that was pretty cool. And I liked how they made Bobby Bowden out to be. I was yes. just going to say, one of the realism pieces for me was, I so I, I, I read up on Bobby Bowden afterwards because I just remember like, being an Notre Dame guy and we played Florida State mm-hmm. to start the year and it was a big deal, right? Because we were playing of Florida course. State at home and it was the first game after Bobby Bowden had passed away and mm-hmm. and just you you always heard about what a well-respected and well-liked guy he was mm-hmm. um, and I had totally forgotten about him in this movie and then so I did a deep dive and I, I read that when this movie was released and he, the real live Bobby Bowden saw this film and saw how he was portrayed in it. Like apparently he was um, said to have been crying like, like a baby, like mm-hmm. remembering yeah. this and like being really, really upset by it. And, but at the same time, like just it, it tugged on his heartstrings a lot. There were a That's lot of class act. Yep. There were a lot of things all mentioned that were like not quite realistic. They, you know, Hollywoodized it or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. All the stuff with Bobby Bowden was a hundred percent to the T of yep. what happened. Yeah. Even even with him opening up his film room to the guys to help them get a leg up. Yep. Pretty cool. That was really That's cool. That's your rival. And it's like, unreal. I knew yep. some things about Bobby Bowden, how classy he was, and I'm glad I knew from that film. Like, And then I knew some things we previously about him. Where I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's legit. And when he kicks the players out, he's like, nope, this room's closed off today. I thought that was really cool and very awesome. real. And I'm glad they added that into the real part. Yeah. Uh, I'll wrap up here in a minute. Um, the, uh, the... There was another thing. Sorry. Uh... I love the rotary phones. I love using the pencil to dial it. Yeah. I know that sounds weird, but putting the pencil in <laughs> yeah. to dial the rotary phones. I like how they kept the nostalgia piece. I'll leave it at that. I used to have one in my bedroom because I thought it looked cool, but it was so friggin' loud. Oh my so, god! Oh yeah, that's a bell. On a Saturday morning after Scared we had like a high school out, yeah. party on a Friday night, Oof. and then that thing would ring at like seven a.m. and I it'd be my it's your like, grandma calling. My nana calling. Yeah. It'd be like. <laughs> just like you coming to pick me up for church i'm like oh my god my head almost exploded so a uh, couple of false ones i'll throw in there um the 37 yard field goal is a chip shot yeah yeah <laughs> like thinking i'm like that is not far the slow motion uh another f- false thing now again i don't know in the 70s what the rules were like but the clock not stopping in college when you get a first down the clock stops right it's not like the nfl no. So the clock will stop more often. On a first down in college, you can get a clock stoppage. They did get the one foot in rule, right? They though. did. Yeah, and that it. was good to see. Yeah. And the other thing that I questioned was the, um, like, where you weren't allowed to play freshman back in the day. Imagine not playing freshman now. Oh, God, yeah. But it, it was cool, too, because that actually was a rule. And yep. 
and the cool thing was is i love how and it would have been this way it's like tate martell would have gone there you you can't <laughs> like they couldn't get a kid to come there right because they're like i'm not going to marshall you guys barely have a program and then all of a sudden everybody wants to go to marshall because you, you can play, play now. yeah here's my thing they though won. and this is my i mean i had a lot of the same ones you did jaris but here's my non-real would they not have been designated as like division two like there's no way that they should have still kept their division one status why would you? You can't take it away, though. Yeah, I think it would just been like salt in the wound if they did that. But like For that town, you couldn't take that away. I don't know though. Like, how are you possibly going to say your competition is good enough to play against Division One schools when you're literally bringing kids off the street who have never maybe pl- even like? I think back on the basketball player guy. A right? lot of a lot of though. There's a lot of regulations around what, how, what makes you qualify for one or the other. Because um, you can be shitty for a lot of years. And is still it based on? Student population, though, not Money. population. It's based on, it's based on a few factors. One of them I know for sure is, however many other sports uh, that you have that are classified as Division One or whatever as okay. well. So there's mm-hmm. there's a few factors in there. So I, it would have been hard for them just to knock them down. Um, I know it's tough to do that with something, and there are some schools now like that perennially are like punching bags right? Rutgers. Yeah. Oh, yeah they suck like temple yeah temple Rutgers, xavier just get <laughs> a whole atlantic 10 conference yeah for like most they're terrible people. purdue boilermakers <laughs> hey they I beat uh purdue. they beat iowa the other day hate purdue yeah, yeah. they beat iowa they the other did day. beat it and yet notre dame still didn't move up in the rankings wtf ncaa yeah. get that shit figured out. That out so one last thing you, made, you said about realism review Jack's ahead of his time going to get a basketball player to be a receiver. Yeah. Hundo. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Game. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Absolutely. Um, I, one thing, uh, a couple things I had just wanted to mention was with regards to the script and kind of what happened in Hollywoodizing. I'm just not I'm butchering a lot of things. Um, some of the circumstances around the crash, uh, i.e. the townspeople running up while it's burning. Yep. Never happened. Oh, God, uh, no. no. Uh, it was over 30 minutes before any of the media even knew there was anything going on and the f- fires already put out. You the know what I mean? Like, be insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Red Dawson. Yeah, they're not going to let townspeople run up to uh, jet fuel that's no. on fire. Like, that would have been all. Those anyway, firefighters aren't probably getting too close to it. They're, they're not just either. trying to contain. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Red Dawson wasn't supposed to be on the flight the way they kind of portrayed it in the thing. You know how he kind of gives his seat up and they're like, oh, no, I'll go on the trip. You know, he wasn't, Mm -hmm. that's not how it actually was. He was, he was, this recruiting trip was well planned in advance. He was never going to be on the flight. It was never one of those types of incidents. For Hollywood reasons, it makes it better for the survivor's guilt to say that I was literally supposed to be on that flight. And it's literally an an, uh, excuse to have January Jones in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because otherwise, like, really, she doesn't. There need wasn't to be much. In it. That scene where she's curled up in bed, and then the lights turn on, and she comes home, and, and that's that's a powerful scene, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Jack Langle also wasn't quirky, outgoing, gregarious the way that he's portrayed. He was like a reserved, stern, every other 1970s football coach. Mm. So mm. that's disappointing. Which this movie would suck if he was portrayed that way, in my opinion. 
not suck, but it would have been well, way it wouldn't, it wouldn't. It would never have gotten made. No, like it shows like, you too. Sorry, like sorry, we, we kind of talked about. No, sorry. Like we, what we talked about with McConaughey. Like he makes that whole. That's literally yeah. what I was gonna say. He like, makes it shows you how good he was at this because he he wasn't trying to be anybody. He was just him. Yeah, he's so a glue guy in the whole movie. He draws everything together. Right? Yeah. So, yes. If you just had like yeah, there's no method acting here, right? Like he's not sitting there taking notes on how this guy really acts. Right. Yeah. Like if you'd have taken uh, what's his name, the guy that played. Uh, Ed Harris, remember when he oh, was uh, Coach uh, Dan Devine and yeah. uh, Rudy? Like if he was, if you brought him in and played him like that, like you'd be like, uh, oh Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Ross, Chelsea Ross. Remember how he was like, really face. dry when he yeah. was playing Dan Devine? Like I'm sure that's what Dan Devine probably was. Like. Yeah. So, oh, guaranteed he would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So like a the yeah, Chuck Noll mold. Those are the those are just the things I had. Oh, the, t- the practice scenes where they had the teaching moments, I thought they were good, too. Because, like, they're college kids. Sometimes you're coming out of high yeah. school programs where you, you literally got to teach these guys what a post route is. Because in high school, they're just good athletes. They outrun everyone. Yep. Yeah, there's no the Quarterbacks are like, well, he was open, so I threw it to him. I didn't even know what I threw. Yep. Yeah, so I, I do love the fact that, too, in this movie, and I, I don't know if it's realism or not, how much they ran the read option. Yeah. Right, like, that. That that's, a, I mean, now it's pretty standard for most teams with a mobile quarterback but it's got and it's it's kind of a throwback now when you think about it like there's yeah. so many teams that have gone back to it because i mean if you should watch the thing on the navy the the thing that was on prime is it on prime so it was like a, a season with navy they did one with notre dame too which was cool was it when navy had that wicked quarterback a couple years ago yeah yeah that kid was good yes he's, it was he's he's in the nfl now as a, f- a wide receiver with uh is he, he? Was, he was uh, with miami last year yeah what's his name perry something perry yeah uh, was good. and uh and he's now with um new england the thing with them too though is because he owes service right for for being there so he they they delay his service to allow him to play in the nfl Oh, cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty mm. cool. Because you don't see a lot of pe- Navy guys other than, what's his name, the legendary Hall of Famer quarterback. What was, uh, who's the guy that played at Navy? Oh, Ken, oh the uh, Dallas, Cow- Dallas Cowboys. Stabler. Not no, Stabler. Not, uh, uh, oh my gosh. He was a Raider. Uh, why are we forgetting Dallas this Cowboy? Yeah, famous, famous Dallas oh my Cowboy gosh, quarterback. Sorry. <laughs> Roger Staubach? Thank you. I'm Roger sorry. Yeah, sorry. He's man. a Navy guy. Yeah, yeah I should um, know that. But it's a it's a great one because literally they they, they don't recruit like great athletes right they get no. other than the admiral uh, yeah exactly so Napoleon McCallum rare. so they they barely throw the ball like they might throw the ball twice a game the, the coach they got now though is like that uh, it's a Hawaiian guy yeah and he's mm-hmm. they're, like they're fun to watch. I mean Notre Dame plays them every year right so yeah. I've seen them a bunch but they're exciting because they're they're very fun to watch yes they, they, they run all these crazy options and uh, everything's like you know couple what are they you know the swings a couple swings yeah. a lot of misdirection misdirection yes. and everything's a run like they might throw the ball twice a game yeah that's mm-hmm. it even mm-hmm. when they had that perry as a quarterback they pride themselves on beating you up a little bit yeah like perry oh that that kid he could run and now he's yep. a receiver but he had i think he, he was averaging like over 200 yards rushing a game as no, the quarterback yeah. like just ridiculous but it's just nice right like I, I just think you know 49ers guy like the whole west coast offense and like that that took over like football for such a long time. Yep. Like it is nice. Like I remember, like remember Nebraska used to be really the only team that really ran the option. Tommy well. Frazier. Yeah. When we were kids, like that was the thing, right? Like they'd throw the, they would run, they, they, they ran the option, won them a national championship. Like a few times. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. and so like, it was kind of a, it's a nice throwback. I mean, now I think 
you don't see it as often in the NFL. It's starting to kind of fade out again. Uh, they're getting you, spied now. That's so what I mean. Yeah, your quarterback's gonna be in the hospital if you keep doing that too yeah. much. Like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's fresh. It's fun. It's like when the Wildcat was. Remember the first time the Dolphins yeah. did the Wildcat with Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown against? You're like, what is happening? Yeah. And it was just cool. It's a way of getting the ball in your best athlete's hands. You know who ran a it's wicked smart. read option? Colin Kaepernick. You know who the 49ers could use right now? <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. I want to watch that documentary. It just, it just, they just added it. It, it wouldn't Netflix. hurt. Um, Anyways, I digress. Let's jump into the soundtrack. So music was by Canadian composer Christoph Beck. Beck won an Emmy Award in uh, 1998 for his work on the television series Buffy the Vampire Slayer and scores uh, the Disney Plus limited series WandaVision. His film credits include The Hangover, The Muppets, Frozen, Marvel's Ant-Man, and Frozen 2. He won a one Primetime Emmy and an Annie Award and has been nominated for one Primetime Emmy, two Annie Awards, and one Grammy. Wow. What a great what a great soundtrack, again, that era. And you know what made it for well, me? All these awesome bands. To Remember the Titans. It's very similar. Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot, definitely. Love the Gordon Lightfoot in there. I think I said this when we did yeah. Remember the Titans. I question your humanity if you don't love Peace Train. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that song. Mm-hmm. If you don't love that song, I question your humanity. Um, this soundtrack's unreal. This is probably, again, this is speaking to why their budget was so big. They have Disney soundtrack money. Mm-hmm. Like, their soundtrack is unreal. Like, uh, oh, what was it? Ozzy Osbourne and, and Sabbath or whatever when they're doing, um, oh, my God, I'm trying, I'm drawing a blank here. Paranoid, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> we're looking up. There, oh my God! <laughs> Showed a picture of uh, Jamie Linden. Oh, yeah. Jamie Linden. Go, Ventura boy. Highway. Like, there's so many solid tracks on this one. It's so good. <laughs> I can't stop showing me pictures of Jamie Linden. <laughs> Telling you, boys. <laughs> holy cow! He's showing us pictures of Jamie Linden right now. Like, oh, holy okay. cow! Sorry, Soundtrack. <laughs> Stay on track here. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, I'm going with. I'm going with. So my, I was, I was trying to remember the name of it, and I had to look it up. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yes. Mm-hmm. Solid tune. I mean, I'm more of a CSN Y guy myself. You got to have the Y in there, yeah, but absolutely, that's yeah. Uncle Neil for those fans that don't You're know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, unreal, unreal soundtrack. It's really, really good. I don't have anything to add there. Jay, are you? No, I just loved the Gordon Lightfoot in there. Yep. Gordon that did Lightfoot. it for me. I, well, I heard that even then there. I was like, this is such a great movie. So where do we rank this movie among all-time sports movies, and where do you have it among all-time football movies? Yeah, tough tough ranking for me overall. I obviously really enjoyed this movie. I will watch it again. I own it. Um, me too. So where will I rank this one? Where I had it. I had it in a top 60. Um, I love the message. I love the actors. I love the story, the music, the whole, that era, too. I really love movies. I find they age so well. Any of those kind of movies when you have good actors and actresses in them. Um, football movies, top 20. Some good football Ooh. movies out there. I need, to, I need to see your list again, and I honestly need to go back and figure out where I've ranked certain movies. Mm-hmm. Football movies, it's up there for me, not just because it, like it's just a great movie. Tugged and I guess, strings. yeah, and, it, and then because it's, I mean, I think the thing I like really like about this movie, it's Disney-esque without being Disney. Which yeah. you don't like a Disney algorithm. I don't, but it's no. Disney-esque. It's got some 
Disney-esque. It's Disney's. It's what Disney's, do you like that it doesn't have a Disney? It's Disney's like step cousin well, or something. Here's one that's not a Disney. No, Jamie Linden in there. When, uh, when no, Coach, when Coach Red Dawson throws the Nate shit. Ruffin to the ground, <laughs> yeah. slap the shit. just drills him. Head slap the shit out of him. Yeah, head yeah. slap the shim. There's some cursing in it. There's like I don't know. There's I don't know how to explain. I there's some. I mean, the soundtracks are fantastic. Kids don't crap their pants in Disney movies. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. I So, football movies, I'd probably rank it a little bit high. I think I have it in the top 15. Yeah. Um, overall movies, probably in my top 50. Yeah. It's in and around there. Yeah. It's a good. solid movie. It is like, a good movie. I hadn't watched it in a while. I also own the DVD, and I haven't watched it in ages, but... It's also one that we can watch with kids, so I will rewatch it fairly regularly. That is true. That's true. Yeah, you can put it in the kid movie genres. Uh, I've got a number eight on football movies and number 46 all time. Right on. Like, it's a good movie. So we're all in around the same. Yep. So let's get into our draft. So we have Halloween coming up in a couple of days. Old Hallow's Eve. I fucking hate Halloween. I like to say it. Um, <laughs> I do Crappy like the wet. snacks. So, fucking hate Halloween. That said, our draft is actually best Halloween candy. Oh. You could pick first there. Grumpy no, 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 no. Grumpy Web. You I don't Halloween think it's my turn. First. Legitimately, I don't think it's my turn. I think I'm third this I week. I think it is my turn. So okay. I will go first. I, and I, we're going this way. And the, this, All is right. gonna, this, this pick for me it has uh, gone run the gauntlet because when I was a kid, I couldn't stand this. Couldn't stand it. And I would get them frequently in my bag and I would always give them away to my sister. Uh, now it's my number one candy. I love it. Uh, oh, Henry. I love an O. Henry bar. You never liked O. Henry's as a kid. I didn't like them as a kid. I What's wrong with you? Love O. Henry now. That's a pretty soft number one overall pick, though. I'm not gonna. They're lie. great. They're not amazing. a number one overall pick for me. It's All my right. favorite. If I can get my hands on O. Henry, I'm in. If I can get my hands on a peanut butter O. Henry, oh, night, 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 well, night, Jim Kite, good <laughs> night, Jim Kite. I, <laughs> I. So my pick. My pick is one of those ones that get dropped into a bag in your pillowcase. When you see that baby falling in, you just fist bump. Okay? I gotta figure Go from six to midnight? You may, outside your Iron Man costume, get a little... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it might well, get a little harder. The muscles are getting a little big in the midsection. <laughs> or a pirate or a hobo like you dress up as because you're lazy and you're getting near the end. You're like, put a little makeup on there. Give me a flat coat. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, there's nothing better than watching a Reese Peter Putter Cup. Yeah. Oh, yes. my number two. Oh, and you see those bad boys come in. The only problem is you wish they were full size. So we had this. Don't we all? Uh, <laughs> we, we had this conversation today. I actually have a taste aversion to Reese Peanut Butter Cups slash love them. Um, I'm not going to go into it now. I'll tell you after. Uh, all right. Oh, you cut my grass there. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going different. I'm going. I'm going to go with chips. I'm going to oh, go yeah. with a bag of Doritos nacho cheese chips because okay. yeah. they're always Standard. good. Top quality pick. They never go bad. Mm-hmm. Second pick, I'm going with, seeing how you both took my, I'm going with, uh, I'm going to go with a Kit Kat bar. That's a nice good choice. Kit Kat is a solid. How do you eat your Kit Kat? That's a question. You, you got to break it. If you don't break it, you're well, a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. But do you, do you do anything... I do something quirky with mine. Okay. Do you dip them in something? No. You know what I do? I, I nibble around and eat all the chocolate off of them and leave the wafer till the end. 
That's super weird. You're a psycho <laughs> serial killer. That's you know a psycho who, move. <laughs> you know who wouldn't do that? Trevor Linden's brother. Jamie Linden. So Jamie Linden, Linden wouldn't do that. Like that. <laughs> He's at the Roxy right now. He'd just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jamie Linden's been said many times. Oh, is this one back? Back to me. You're back to So you. I'm going to go with mine. Um, these are love or hates. Some people really don't like them. A lot of people love them, but crunchy Cheetos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, way better than the puffy oh, oh, oh. ones. I know some people don't like if them. When you, you get, like them, you like If you get the jalapeno things. ones, they're oh, unreal. Good night. They okay. are delicious. You got to get the Hawkins ones, though. Not the actual. You like the Cheetos brand? or well, you like, the, No, I just call the Cheetos Crunches. Okay. But the, the, the ones Hawkins. In, in from Belleville, Ontario. Yeah. Yes. That they the are delicious. I don't think I've had those. The Hawkins ones. Yeah, they're the they're the Hawkins ones come in the red and white striped bag. They're good. You've had them. We'll get some. What was the chips we used to eat down in Potsdam? Remember you get them at the old Sugar Creek on the corner there? Some what were those things? Oh, those. oh uh, some sort of Snyder of Hanover yeah, or something, some, or whatever they were called. Special chip, but they those loaded the flavor. Good. Pizza combos. Pizza combos are unreal oh. too. <laughs> combos are so good. There's nothing better than a bag of combos. After you're not getting a bag of pizza oh. combos in your Halloween treat bag in Canada. No, you're not. Though. No, you're not. Combos are so good. So good though. Um, am I up? Yeah, I'm up. Oh, I got two here. This is tough. Puts me. Okay, I'm gonna go chips too. I'm going to go Ruffles All Dress. Can't Solid go wrong. Pick. Probably the Solid greatest chip pick. ever made. Yeah. Just let them soak yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, after that, this is a tough one. I'm going to steer back away from the chocolate bars, and I'm going to go with Sour Skittles. <laughs> Although your mouth is going to be like raw the next Your pancreas oh, is tired after one of those. But 100%. They're good going down. And you gyrate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm going to come through. This is something when you saw that thing come in, it hit your pillowcase and it was heavy, and you crushed it right away. Ooh. I'm talking a full can of full sugar pop. <laughs> <laughs> someone full got dropped, pop. full sugar, giant Coca-Cola dropped in there. What would happen if they dropped the Diet Pepsi in there? Throw it right back through your window. Right through the window. There's nothing better than just crushing a you pop. You shake it up and just crunch you know, their You know diet. what's happening too is they're running out of candy and they're just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> There's like apple pie. Go ahead. Do what else you want? Well, it's like a Bud Light. You're like, oh, okay. no, the better one is you know you know they're just they're half pinned and they're gassed, so they're just like here, open up. And they're putting whipped cream in your mouth, actually, or something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> anyway, full sugar pop down the hatch. Didn't see that one coming. I'm gonna go uh, boxer raisins. No, I'm just okay. I'm gonna go uh, candy. Those things are I'm gonna go with sunbeds. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with probably. A classic chocolate, totally underrated. I'm going with a Jersey Milk. Jersey oh, Milks are great. Yeah. Yeah, s'mores, those are s'mores bars. But those yeah. Are, yeah. people underrate them. I'm going with Jersey Milk. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah that's a good, good call. Good I haven't seen one Some of very good before. honorable mentions left off the board. Oh. There are coffee crisps. Love I was debating. I, I ate one off JR's desk today. You did. You <laughs> ate my coffee crisp today at work. Oh, he ate it. Coffee crisp is the bar like Mayo Henry for you. You're like that's the one where I'm like. Oh, I go Snickers. I love a good coffee crisp. Snickers or Mars bar. Snickers. I don't like Mars bar. I need some nuts. <laughs> Smarties is okay. It's solid. Smarties is solid. You can't. You know what you get. I'm an M&M's you guy. Whistle. You got to take the box and blow a whistle into it. Remember how you blow the yeah. whistle through oh, the yeah. box? Smarties? I'm an M&M's guy. Yellow so bag of M&M's. Yeah, M&M's are, yeah, M&Ms are better. Yeah. The, the yellow bag. The peanut bag. The peanut bag. The yellow bag of M&M's is Jamie loves his nuts. I love them nuts. Oh, you have one pick, your worst Halloween did you candy. Put some, did you put some edibles in the I know. I'm like, oh, Canada. Somebody went to the dispensary. 
Okay, what's your worst Halloween pick? Oh, of one candy bag. corn. Don't candy corn. Think about it. Oh, yummies, goodies. Those goody, grabby, oh. gross things that taste well, disgusting. Uh, yeah, I was gonna go with the the uh, cherry blossoms. No, the toffee that's not actually toffee. Molasses candy? Yeah. It's disgusting. It's like it's so, yes. And it comes and in that break, Halloween wrap? Yes. Oh, and you would break it too. You know, you know they're like old school people that give you that stuff, yeah. right? Hey, you're poor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're poor. <laughs> you go to the rich neighborhood like, to get the full size chocolate bar. Yeah. And pop. Full size candy pop. Full size candy corn. Oh when I see that God. stuff. Especially when the candy corn, it's like, it doesn't even come in a package. It's they disgusting. just throw it in your bag. I'm like, what are it's you It's covered in COVID. <laughs> you probably had your hands in your pants yeah. and then you just grabbed it. <laughs> And hands. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, in my bag. Uh, it's just covered in the spiky ping pong balls. I'll throw it all over. Like, oh, regroup. Uncle Jonathan's corn cob pipe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Engage with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please continue to engage with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks, on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. You can check us out on YouTube and on the old TikTok. And any hate mail can go to uh, at jamielinden.gmail.com. See <laughs> 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 later. That, that probably care, everyone. is his email address. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. That's true. Oh, have a good one, everybody. All right, no. Bye, Happy bro. Halloween, everyone. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer